Hello, dear friends. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. Once again, we're happy that you have joined us today, and we pray that others will join us as well as well as we can't in many situations and circumstances around the world gather in our buildings as we normally would do. We want to gather right here around the Word of God. Amen. The Bible is very clear about the last days, the end times, as we see the day approaching, as we understand the prophecies and the world events that are occurring, and we take that to heart. We're to forsake not the assembling of ourself together as the manner of some is, but much more as ye see the day approaching. Well, I believe that you can see the day approaching. You don't have to be a, 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 a scholar of prophecy and know all the, the ins and outs of Bible prophecy. You can see just a little bit of Bible prophecy and see a whole lot of confirmation that we are living in the last of the last days. Uh, irrespective and irregardless of that, uh, we are to occupy until Christ comes. We are to be about our Father's business until the trumpet sounds. Amen. So I'm going to be about my Father's business today and, and, and bring a message from the Word of God that, cause God needs every child of God to stand firm, stand strong, be counted faithful. Amen. That he might not only keep us, but that we might keep the faith and by keeping the faith, share the faith with others today. Hallelujah. There's a lot on the line right now, but God is on the throne. Praise God. And he, he is in control when everything seems out of control. Praise God. Amen. Well, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 77 today, but I'm going to read our foundational scripture for this teaching, Recovering from a Wounded Spirit. Recovering from a wounded spirit. Proverbs 18 verse 14 says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. Amen. It's so important that we do not let the discouragement and distractions and, and all of these things that can occur living in a faulty body in a fallen world uh, cause us to be wounded deep, deep within our inward man. Because if our inward man or our spirit stays strong, we will be able to endure all of the outward emotional and physical and circumstantial things that can and will occur as long as we live in this fallen world. Christ actually taught in this world, you shall have this fallen world, you shall have tribulation. Thelpsis is the Greek word and it means anguish and pressure. And the pressure is on and the anguish comes right here in America where this broadcast originates. Uh, there are tens of thousands of families this Christmas season that are not going to have a family member there because of COVID and other circumstances. Uh, death is a reality of living in a fallen world. And the heartache and the heartbreak uh, sometimes seems un 
unbearable. But the Bible is very, very clear. Jesus said this, you're going to experience these things. You can't live in a bubble as a Christian where none of these things can touch you or affect you. But you can trust in God, in spite of your own, uh, your own sense of being overwhelmed, and you can trust in God even when you have doubts and fears. <laughs> Amen. And you can see those doubts and fears begin to subside, and the more and more we focus on and trust in our God and in our Savior Jesus Christ, and and trust in the the Comforter. The one who is called alongside to help. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit. He's not only called alongside. He's come to live inside today. So we welcome the Holy Ghost here today as we minister the Word of God. Asaph had doubts and fears and he had those deep times of questioning and discouragement that can affect you spiritually, not just mentally and emotionally. So I want to read the Psalm 77, a Psalm of Asaph, and get a profile of a wounded spirit. And then we're going to go into some principles of how to recover from a wounded spirit. Listen to how deep into into discouragement and despair. I think discouragement brings despair and despair uh, unaddressed is going to bring those deep wounds in our spirit. Amen. So listen carefully. He said, I cried to God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. In the day of trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. That's why we're talking about recovering from a wounded spirit. And my spirit was overwhelmed. Notice when he was troubled and when he complained, his spirit was overwhelmed. Listen to verse 4. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I'm so troubled I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with my own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast us off forever? Here comes the doubts. Here comes the doubts born out of discouragement. Will the Lord cast us off forever, and will He be favorable no more? Is His mercy, now we're doubting His love, listen, is His mercy clean gone forever? Doth His promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath He in anger shut up His tender mercies? Selah. And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will. Listen, He is refocusing. We just had a Sunday morning sermon. And if you want to go find it and get it, it will help you understand this verse right here. He's refocusing his faith on God, not on his circumstances, his feelings, his emotions. What seems to be isn't true, (laughs) no matter how real it may seem. Listen, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember the wonders of old. 
I will meditate also of all thy work. And here's the change. He's, he's talking, uh, he's, he's, he's complaining and, and his spirit is overwhelmed. Now he's going to talk of his doings as he remembers his work. Verse 13 says, Thou way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God is our God. Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. I'm going to read this now from the paraphrase and make it practical. And if you relate to this, stay tuned today. Listen, I cried aloud to God. I cry aloud and he hears me. In times of trouble, I pray to the Lord. All night long, I lift my hands in prayer. But I cannot find comfort. When I think of God, I sigh. When I meditate, I feel discouraged. He keeps me awake all night. I'm so worried that I cannot speak. One translation says, I am so overwhelmed, I cannot pray. He's praying He believes God is listening, but there seems to be no response from God. Listen, I think of the days gone by and remember years of long ago I spend the night in deep thought. I meditate and this is what I ask myself. Will the Lord always reject us? Will he never again be pleased with us? Hath he stopped loving us? That's it. That's a flashpoint right there. That's something the devil will capitalize on. He will try to convince you. If God, listen listen to what he's going to say to you, if there's a delay in the answer. Remember, a delay is not necessarily God's denial. You know what he will say to you? He will say, if God loved you, he wouldn't let this thing happen. He is a liar and he is the father of all lies. There's a point in the development of our faith where even though we feel every right to question God on some of these issues, amen, we, the cross where Jesus gave his life for us is a stronger influence than the immediate temporal circumstance. Amen. While we look not at the things which are seen, for they are temporal, but the things which are unseen, for they are eternal. Sometimes you have to look, and I have to look past my immediate circumstance. It's temporal unto the eternal work of God that was accomplished when Jesus died for us on the cross. Don't let the circumstance try to convince you with the devil riding in on that to say, if God loved you, why would he let this happen to you? Surely he don't love you. And this man says, hath he stopped loving us? Does his promise therefore No longer stand has God forgotten to be merciful. I think I read this last week. I want to read it again. When that doubt becomes discouragement leading to despair. Listen, doubt is like a dark, threatening storm cloud. Blocking from our vision the radiance of the sun. Storms come and go, but the sun is always shining. You know, weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. 
And mourning doesn't come when your circumstance suddenly changes. Mourning comes when the sun of righteousness arises in your heart with healing in his wings. Hallelujah. Let's look at this profile of a wounded spirit. It cannot find comfort in God. Verse 2 says, My soul refused to be comforted. I prayed, I believed he listened, but my soul refused to be comforted. Number two, a wounded spirit is filled with discouragement. Verse three said, my spirit was overwhelmed. And when was it overwhelmed? He said, when I complained, my spirit was overwhelmed. Amen. There's a temptation to speak all those words of fear that we feel instead of those words of faith that could begin to push back that fear and refocus our attention on the Lord and His faithfulness. Amen. When I complained, my spirit was overwhelmed. Number one, a wounded spirit cannot find comfort in God. Number two, a wounded spirit is filled with discouragement. And number three, both our prayers and our profession of faith are lost. He said, I'm so troubled in verse 4 that I cannot speak literally. One translation, and I believe is correct, I cannot pray. Been a pastor for 47 years this January. Pastor evangelist. Right here uh, at the Holy Church of God in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates. And listen, I have seen and heard people that were so overwhelmed by their circumstance. Wonderful Christian people that, that were in that deep, dark place that we can find ourselves as believers. It's it's not that we could never, ever get into that place. It's knowing how to get out of it if we find ourselves in it, because it could happen to anyone. We do not live in a bubble. Faith does not create a vacuum, uh, a place in our life where nothing negative can enter, because we never confess any negative thing. As important as confession is, and I'm talking about it right now, amen, as important as it is and vital as it is, there is there is circumstances where we will find ourselves giving in to the flesh and our emotions instead of what we know in our heart to be true. And if we do find ourselves in that dark, place. We just need to know how to climb out. And who's going to help us climb out? Praise God. Amen. Because listen, this man was in a deep, dark place. Psalmist David got there in his life through depression. He said, he hath delivered me from the horrible pit in the Psalms. The horrible pit. If you're in deep depression today, you know exactly what he's talking about. In that deep depression, they would call it in medical field clinical depression. You just don't feel bad now and then. But you are in a a place where the pain of that place emotionally, the helplessness, the seeming 
hopelessness, amen, makes you feel there will never be any light in that darkness. There will never be any way out of the place that you are in. It's too deep for even God to reach you. Honey, I'm going to tell you right now, there's no place so deep that God can't reach you. And I'm going to say something else to you today. There's no place so deep that He will not reach you. Amen. I like what David said about that horrible pit, that place that he couldn't get out of. Not because of its depth, but because of that that held him in it. Listen, he said, He lifted me from the miry clay. When you sink down to your waist in miry clay or even to your knees in a deep pit, you can't extract yourself. There's no way you can climb out. No matter how strong a, a constitution you may have and how positive you're trying to keep your attitude or how deep your resolve is not to wallow in self-pity or, and, and people, people need to not do that. You and I need to never do that. But in that place, if you find yourself overwhelmed by something and some circumstance, Maybe the loss of a child. It may be the loss of a loved one. It may be a, a friend that you trusted more than anyone in the world who betrayed you and turned on you. Oh, the hurts of that. David talked about someone. He, he said, you know, this was not an enemy, a sworn enemy. That couldn't hurt me. I expect my enemies to, to hurt me, lie to me, turn on me, want to destroy me. But he said, this person was someone, was a friend, someone I went up to the temple to worship with. Friend of mine, I want you to know the devil knows our areas of vulnerability. And he knows how uh, to to cause people to do things that he motivates them to do. Amen. To hurt us as God's children even cause us to hurt one another. And friend of mine, that's why we need to never let the sun go down on our wrath. Amen. To never let a hurt turn to anger and the anger turn to unforgiveness and to sustain that unforgiveness. Because you know what it's going to do? We're going to find ourselves in that pit, that place, that deep, dark place. David said, I was there. He delivered me from the horrible pit. Asaph was in that pit, but he was getting ready to get out of it. Amen. But some things had to change. Praise God. One of the things I counsel people and counsel myself is to never let the sun go down on my anger, on my wrath. Be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down before you deal with that. Because the longer you put it off or you, or if you never deal with it, you're going to find yourself in the darkness. You're going to find yourself in a place of depression, discouragement, leading to despair, leading to a wounded spirit. And when that spirit is wounded, you don't even feel like getting up again. You know, Jesus speaks to our spirit before he speaks to our mind, and he speaks to our body, and he speaks to the circumstance. You know, I've said it so many times. 
so many times. If God doesn't speak to the storm that is in your life, like he did on on the bow of the boat when it threatened to sink because of the waves and the wind, if he doesn't speak to the storm outside, the storm of circumstance, he will speak every time to the storm, the storm is created in your spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. And he will say the same thing to you that he says to the wind and the rain, peace, be still. You know, the scripture says, be still and know that I am God. And when you're able to achieve that peace of knowing He is and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him, regardless of what you see, regardless of what you feel, regardless if the wind picks up and the waves are more threatening after you pray, hold on, like the song said, just a little while longer. Hold on, hold on. Praise God. Amen. Friend of mine, I want you to know if you hold on to God, He will, He will pull you out of that place. But you've got to hold on just a little while longer. That's why it says, that it says in the book of Hebrews, it talks about all the troubles that were occurring. And now that the Christian church had formed, the enemy had a concerted attack against every one of them in every place. There, there was nobody without persecution because the devil really knew what was coming. If he didn't, if he, he tried to kill the babe in the manger, he, he tried to, he tried to, to, kill him on the cross and found out that what seemed to be the greatest defeat became the greatest victory in our behalf. Amen. He tries to nip in the bud this good news of Jesus that would save souls, praise God, that would deliver souls out of darkness into the glorious light and love of the kingdom of God. He is relentless. He never lets up. But so is God. Hallelujah. I, I used to lovingly and with deep respect call the Holy Spirit the hound of heaven because he, God will set him on you. If you're running from God today, the hound of heaven is after you. And he knows, he, 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 he can sniff you out. Amen. He knows where you are. He knows your zip code. He knows right where you're living and how you're living. And yet he's coming to convict you of your sin and convince you of your need for a savior and convince you to turn around. If you will give in to him, if you'll let him catch you, praise God and welcome him and say, thank you for not giving up on me and run to Jesus and not run from him. You won't have to take that drug or that drink to get out of that pit. Amen. Those those counterfeits and synthetic answers to prayer uh, instead of the real deal that God offers you in Christ. Amen. God pulls Christians out. Even Christians get in that pit. But we don't look to the bottle and the needle. We look to God, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. We fall down, but we get back up. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul's pointed us to him even when we fall down. He said, now unto him 
who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless. We can never present ourselves the way that God, through the great, through His grace, His mercy, His power, and His person, Jesus Christ, that He sent to save us, and His person, the Holy Spirit, who He sent to be right beside us and live within us so that He could go with us all the way even to the end of the age. Amen. His soul refused to be comforted, a wounded spirit's filled with discouragement. And when he complained about that to God, about God's unfaithfulness seemingly, his spirit was overwhelmed. And his prayers and his profession were lost. He said, I couldn't pray. I couldn't pray. I just couldn't pray. There was no hope of an answer. It seemed like God's mercy and love had failed. Amen. But then things began to change in verse 11. He says, But I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember the wonders of old. I will meditate. Now he's focusing. He's focusing his thoughts. Also of all thy work and talk. Woe. Now he's spoken his his thoughts and now he's speaking. He's speaking the truth about God. Not what it seems, not what it feels, not what the circumstances say, and not the lies of the devil when they come. He said, I will talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great as our God? Now Asaph, here, he writes again in Psalm 77, Psalm 73 rather, about the same kind of dilemma, slipping into that place that he found himself in. He said, I'm I'm perplexed. I, I don't understand why the righteous suffer and the rich and the unrighteous who are heady and high minded and not in trouble as other people because they can hire the best lawyers. Come on. You know what I'm talking about today. They can buy their way out of a lot of troubles. Uh, they can buy things. They can, if they need, if they're overwhelmed by something, they can, they got enough money to take a year off and sit on the beach under a palm tree. Listen, friend of mine, that is not the everyday person. And he said that they, they, they seem to be prospering while we're persecuted and I don't get it. And then he went on down in the psalm and he said, until I went in the sanctuary, until I got in God's house and I understood all of this is temporal but we, I'm looking past that now. I see the eternal destiny of these people. For eternity, they are going to be lost if they don't repent of their sinfulness. If they don't acknowledge God in their ways. If they trust in their riches instead of in God, they're going to be lost eternally. They're in a dark place. They're not in a good place. It seems like they've got everything when in reality they have nothing. And he said, I'm, I must have been as a, a beast before you, Lord, when I thought that way. I, I missed it. I messed up. I misjudged. <laughs> and he began to come up out of that, that questioning, doubting place and reestablish his faith and say, a man, it is worst. 
that is trusting God is better than a man at his best who doesn't. That was his final conclusion. Praise God. Friend of mine, I want you to know doubts and fears may come, but the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, and He has come to comfort us by guiding us into all truth. I love what it says in John's Gospel once again. Chapter 8, verse 30 and 31. If you continue in my word, you're going to know the truth. And it's a specific truth. It's the truth about God. The truth about Jesus. The truth that is rightfully divided to us by the Holy Spirit through the word of God. Amen. And the truth will set you free. Glory be to God. Thy way, O Lord, he says, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great? Now he sees God as bigger than his circumstance, bigger than his fear, bigger than his doubt, bigger than all the things that the devil is bringing against him. He says, Thou art God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people, and thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. And he just goes on (laughs) ranting and raving about all that God has done and will do if we just hold on just a little while longer. Hold on. God's message to you today as we continue this message next week. Don't miss it. Hallelujah. We're going to give you three distinct things to do. Amen. But we're, 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 there's enough right here, I believe, for you to look up and take hope and do not despair. Do not give up on God. For Hebrews chapter 10 says, for you have need of patience. Perseverance would be the word more accurately. That after you have done the will of God, after you've prayed and put your trust in Him, that you might receive the promise. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For he, he that shall come, will come, and he will not tarry. In other words, He's coming. It will be in His time and it will be in the way He chooses. But He has heard. He will respond to you. For He is and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And I pray today that you will diligently seek the Lord. That you will not give up on God. Because He will never give up on you. I said that, and I'm going to say it loud and clear. He will never give up on you. The love that held Jesus to the cross, and it was love, not nails. Not soldiers at the foot of it, not all the armies of the world, let alone Rome. He stayed there in pain and agony because He loved you and me enough to pay our sin debt in full. Hold on just a little while longer for He that shall come will come. The answer is on the way. Hallelujah. 
the promise is going to be kept. Hallelujah. If you don't know Jesus today, I want to seek the hand of heaven on you. I want Him, the Holy Spirit, right now to show you that the end there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of destruction. I believe He's going to help you turn and quit running from God toward eternity without God and run to God. Repent of your sin. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.